Hello and welcome to the From Ballparks to Buzzerbeer Sportscast. I'm James Farley alongside my co-host Barry Martinez. Today we have a great episode coming your guys' way right now. We're going to be starting off our discussions with the World Series Championship that the Atlanta Braves came out with the victory in last week. Last Tuesday night, the Braves defeated the Astros seven to nothing in Game Six of the 2021 World Series to win the series four to two against the Houston Astros, the hated Astros across all of America and baseball fans. But Perry, this is a surprising win for the Braves. I mean, nobody really anticipated that they would be able to come out with the championship at the end of the day. Some even saw them as the worst team in the entire postseason. Yet at the end of the day, they are raising that World Series trophy. How were they able to get th- to this point? And how how does Braves team just click at the end of the day? Well, James, yeah, they definitely had the fewest amount of wins of any team in the playoff field. They just had 88, um, 44 before the All-Star break, 44 after the All-Star break. Nice bit of symmetry there, especially because that is Hank Aaron's, the late Hank Aaron's number, of which, of course, he wore 44 for the Atlanta Braves. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they made the Braves front office made moves that the Red Sox front office, you know, didn't make. And the Red Sox front office, don't get me wrong, Kyle Schwarber was a great trade, but they brought Hansel Robles and Austin Davis. That's not really, you know, the bullpen help that will get you all the way to the end. But this Braves team, after they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. to a torn ACL in July, right, they acquired out they acquired four outfielders, right? Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario, and one other one, right? But all four play a major role, especially Jorge Soler and Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario won NLCS MVP, and then Jorge Soler won World Series MVP honors for the Braves. He batted 300, three home runs, six RBIs, three walks. He had that three home run, three run blast in the in Game Six, which basically clinched the World Series for the Braves. But this Braves team, you know, we say all the time, right? If a team can just get hot, especially in March Madness, especially in a sport like baseball or hockey, if a team can get hot, you don't know how far they'll go. I certainly view them as the worst team in the playoffs, even worse than the Red Sox, um, which was pretty surprising for me. But I had them losing you the Brewers, then losing you the Dodgers, and then losing you the Astros. So definitely um, a stunning turnaround for this team and a World Series championship that is one of the most unlikeliest in recent history. Absolutely, Perry. And as you said, they brought in Jorge Soler, Jock Peterson, and Eddie Rosario. And when you look at those three guys, you're thinking, yeah, they're good additions to any ball club around the MLB. We'll take them. Yeah, let's throw them into our batting lineup. But they're not really a franchise-changing player. You really, when you look at those three guys, they aren't. But the Atlanta front office was able to look at these guys and realize that they can make a huge difference on our team. And that's exactly what they did in the long run. They, as you said, Jorge Soler, he won World Series MVP, Eddie Rosario, NLCS MVP. So they were two of arguably the most important players on their this Atlanta Braves team that ended up winning the World Series. So huge shout out to that Braves front office. They definitely made uh, at the end of the day that a team needs to make if they're going to win the World Series. As you said, the Red Sox, they failed to be able to do that. The Yankees had a run with Gallo and Rizzo, but at the end of the day, they didn't come out with the World Series or even a playoff victory for that matter. But the Atlanta Braves, they did exactly what they needed to do. And a reason they had to make those trades was because their outfielder, Ronald Acuna Jr., who was playing at an MVP level, heading up to his ACL injury in July, sidelining him for the rest of the year. That was huge for this was a huge letdown for the Braves because he's their best player. He's the best player in the NL, arguably. So losing that player with such like electricity on the field, hitting homers, stealing bases, playing great defense, all as a leader too, all over the place. Acuna Jr. is a great player. 
and losing him, that's a huge letdown. But now Freddie Freeman rose to the EKH and they made those accusations with Jorge Soler, for example. This team really got the job done and was able to work with what they had to have. And that's exactly what they did. Max Fried and Ian Anderson on the mound. They pitched phenomenally throughout the, their World Series run. So this team, they just really came together. And we didn't really see that from any other teams. They used exactly what they had, got hot at the right time. And that's exactly what was able to get them the World Series. Yeah, James, absolutely. I think you said it perfectly. But another key part is this Astros team that they beat, right? And they've made three World Series in the past five years, but they've only won one during that tainted um, 2017 season where they used trash cans and devices and cameras to seal signs. Um, so that's obviously really not viewed as a traditional World Series championship, and I say that with quotation marks. And But if they had won you know, either the one in 2019 or either this one, they would have been looked at, okay, they probably could have won the 2017 World Series without cheating too. But now it's it's a completely different um, legacy for this, this Astros team. And the big question is, will they be back in the next three, five years, right? They tanked and they got all these draft picks. They hit on pretty much all of them. Altuve, Carlos Correa is a free agent. He was part of that tanking thing. He's likely to leave. Alex Bregman... Um, was very good in 2019, had injury-railed seasons 2020, 2021, just got wrist surgery, so hopefully we can see him back on the field, but, I mean, Justin Verlander had Tommy John surgery. You just don't know what's going to happen with this team, and could this run of the Astros really being the league's, you know, example for how tanking can help you, bring you the grace highs in baseball, is that... Is this team going to be back in the next three, five years? Barry, I don't think so. Especially, as you said, these injuries keep plaguing this team. People are going to walk. I think that Carlos Correa will not be returning to the Houston Astros. There were talks that there, he could go to the New York Yankees. Players said that in the clubhouse after losing the World Series. He was on the phone with Garrett Cole saying, hey, I'll see you in New York. So, that, I mean, not totally sure exactly how reliable that source is. But at the end of the day, I don't know if these guys are going to stay in town Jose Altuve, he is starting to get older. So it, Bregman's still a young player, but Carlos Correa, I don't think that he's going to be playing any longer. Even if he does, I think that he's had the prime of his career. He's going to be able to play at the high level that he usually does at the shortstop position. Justin Verlander, he's a great pitcher. So if he comes back, then you can always, you can almost guarantee a win out of him for his pitching performance. But I just don't think that this Houston Astros team is going to be able to come back, especially with a competitive American League. I think the Red Sox are going to continue playing well. And the Yankees are going to be good as always. The Tampa Bay Rays are a young team, especially with Wander Franco coming up, Randy Rosarina. They're going to be back in American League contention for years to come. So you definitely have to watch out in that AL. And I think that I don't think that Houston's going to be able to compete with those big guns over the next three to five years. So I see Houston, the Houston Astros' tenure in the World Series coming to an end after their loss to the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, James, it's definitely going to be tough for this team to get back again. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, you can, you never know what happens in baseball. That's the reason why, you know, people keep on watching it. But now we're going to be moving on to some college football talk. So on Tuesday, the second uh, um, rankings were released with Georgia leading the way at one, Alabama at two, Oregon at three, and Ohio State rounding out that top four. Um, a little bit of different ranked top four from 
the previous week's rankings where Michigan State lost to Purdue, so they dropped to seven, and Oregon was at four, moved up to three, and Ohio State was at five, moved up to four. So everybody pretty much moved up a spot if you were higher than seven with Michigan State's loss. But James, the first thing, just looking at these rank reaction, um, looking at these rankings. What is your like initial reaction, surprise-wise? Are you surprised where any of these teams are ranked in, after we've seen you know a pretty decent chunk of the season be played here? All right, in the top four, I'm not that surprised, aside from Cincinnati not being in there, because Georgia, Bama, they're the consensus top two. There's Unless one of those two lose, they're going to be one and two at the end of the day going into the college football playoff. Ohio State, they're undefeated. They're, excuse me, they're a one-loss team, but... They are. I think that they are definitely a top four seed. And then Oregon is at three. I'm not totally sure if they are going to be able to hold on to that three spot. The only real reason they are at three and Ohio State's at four is because Oregon beat Ohio State earlier in the season. That was in week two, and it was an overtime victory. So Oregon squeaked by against Ohio State, and they did make that upset. Yeah, absolutely. Give that to Oregon. They were able to win it. But I think that Oregon is one loss away or even one bad performance away from dropping down significantly. Cincinnati, they're knocking at the door at number five, and I think that they should be. They should go right into that door that they're knocking on because they are undefeated. Yeah, they don't play in one of those Power Five conferences. They don't have as impressive of a schedule, as good as a resume, because they don't play as good of teams, but they are undefeated at the end of the day, and they have played really well throughout the entire season. They've been pretty consistent, getting solid wins throughout, and they also have an impressive win against number nine ranked Notre Dame. That definitely adds to their resume. So I think that if they don't have that win over Notre Dame, then they are not even in any sort of conversation for being a top five team in the country. But they do have that win, and they haven't lost yet. So I think that if one of Bama, Oregon, or Ohio State loses, then they're going to drop down, and since he's going to take their place in a blink of an eye, Georgia, even if they lose, they're going to stay in the top four because they're undefeated have been the most dominant team in the country. But yeah. If I'm being surprised completely, I think that Cincinnati should be in. Also, I'm surprised about Oklahoma being at number 8. They're undefeated too in a great conference. They've had some good wins against Texas. That's when uh, Caleb Williams, their freshman quarterback, came in in the second half when Spencer Rattler went down with an injury and led the Sooners back to an overtime victory over Texas, their rival in the Red River Bowl. And since then, Caleb Williams has taken college football by storm. He's been the most electrifying player. In, the, in all of college football since that change into becoming the starting quarterback for the Sooners. So I think that Oklahoma, they, I think that if they win out, they've got to be in the top four. Even if the teams like Oregon, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, who are at 6-7, and seven, even if they, if they win out, I think that Oklahoma has to take their spot and move into a top four team in the country. Yeah, James, I'm more surprised about Oklahoma than I am about Cincinnati, to be honest with you, because even though Cincinnati has that win over 9 Notre Dame, um, the committee has just shown that it is not going to put a group of five team into the top four, even if they're undefeated, unless they have, you know, some very high-quality wins. So, um, although I think Cincinnati should be in the top four, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Oklahoma is the one that I'm really surprised about, though, because I know that they haven't looked great. Um considering the eye test, and, you know, Spencer Rattler didn't look great either, That who was the Heisman favorite. But at the end of the day, you know, this is an undefeated team in a Power 5 conference, and I'm not saying that they have to be in the top four, but they should probably be in the top six, you would think, ahead of Michigan and Michigan State at six and seven. And then the other two teams that I'm really surprised about are Michigan and Michigan State at six and seven. I think those should be flipped, because if you look at 
how the committee has judged teams in recent years. Head-to-head matchups are a key part of it. You're seeing it in these rankings with Oregon being ahead of Ohio State. But Michigan State just beat Michigan. So the only way that Michigan could be ranked ahead of Michigan State is if the committee truly thinks that Michigan is head and shoulders above Michigan State talent-wise and um, football-wise. So if it's if it's anywhere near that gray area, then they have to look at different tiebreakers such as you know strength of schedule, um, common opponents. But at the end of the day, Michigan at six being ahead of Michigan State seems a little wrong to me. And I actually don't have much faith in Michigan to go all the way. Um, I'm a big fan of Michigan. Um, Tom Brady, who went in Michigan, made me a fan of Michigan. But I don't think Jim Harbaugh has done much of anything. He has one win against Michigan State and Ohio State combined. They've still got that game up against Ohio State um, left. So that could be a big boost to their rankings if they win. But Jim Harbaugh has never beaten Ohio State. But this Michigan team... Um, although I I really hope they get in, I think it would be really good for college football. I think they're you know going to kind of fade into the background in the final weeks of the season here. Yeah, Perry, that game for Michigan against their rival Ohio State is going to be huge, and that's exactly what a team like Cincinnati, who's at five, is going to need if they want to get in. Because if Michigan knocks off Ohio State, who's sitting at four, or wherever they are when that game that matchup takes place. And then Cincinnati could move in to the top four. And then Oregon's in at three in an underwhelming Pac-12 conference. So even if, if they lose a game, Oregon is just going to drop to like nine or ten in the country. So Oregon's really just hanging by a thread at that number three spot. And as you said, the real main reason they're in it is because of them beating the Buckeyes earlier in the year. So I think that at the end of the day, I don't think that any team past Oklahoma, who's the eight seed, is going to even have a shot at the top four. Maybe aside from Texas A&M, who's the 11th seed, if Alabama loses a game, they have two more SEC games against, I think it's Auburn and Arkansas, I believe it is. And so if they lose one of those two games, they fall to a two-loss team in the SEC. And if Texas A&M wins out, they are also a two-loss team in the SEC. And as we know, Texas A&M knocked off Alabama in that walk-off field goal to complete that upset of the then ranked number one, I believe it was, Alabama Crimson Tide. So that, and then in that case, because they have the head-to-head matchup, Texas A&M would go over Alabama, and then they could have a chance at the college football playoff if they win the SEC championship over Georgia. But I really think that it's going to be Georgia's a lock, Bama's a lock, unless they lose out, or if they unless they lose another one. And I think that Oklahoma, I think even though they're at eight, I think that they're a lock if, unless they lose the game because I don't think you can hold a big time conference dominating team with Caleb Williams as their quarterback under shotgun. I don't think that they can hold that team out of the college football playoff, especially if they don't lose. Yeah, James, I agree with you. I think Georgia and Bama are locks. I wouldn't consider Oklahoma a lock, but I do think they're going to get in. I think there's no way if the Sooners went out, there's no way the committee leaves an undefeated um, Big 12 Power 5 conference champ out of the top four. That would be pretty much unheard of for this committee. And then I think it's going to be, you know, a mosh pit of teams fighting for that fourth spot. I think Oregon's going to be there. I think Ohio State's going to be there because I think they're going to beat Michigan. And I think since he's going to be there. And that will really be telling on how much the committee um, values Cincinnati because, you know, they are undefeated, but they've fallen like other 
power group of five teams have, right? It's because they don't have the strength of schedule to match up with teams like Alabama and Georgia. Like you can look at Georgia and Alabama, and you could argue that Alabama, like top five wins are so much better than Cincinnati's top five wins. Like, it's not even close. Cincinnati might have the best win out of the two of them because since he did beat Notre Dame, but, I mean, th- this the a group of five team isn't going to get in unless they schedule their, themselves like a power five team. And, you know, although it, it's it's unfair um, because Cincinnati really should be in the top four. I do think they're one of the top four teams, but... It is unfair, but that's just how the committee is going to value it. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate for teams like Cincinnati, UCF a couple years ago, but if they go undefeated, they're already ranked number five. I think there's enough chaos to happen if Oregon and slash or Ohio State lose. I think there's enough chaos to happen there for Cincinnati squeaking, but it's going to be very tough for them to get in, especially if Oregon and Ohio State hold their spots here. Yeah, Perry, we're talking all about these situations as of if this happens and this happens, if that happens and this happens, this team gets in, if this team loses, all of that. Who do you think are the top four teams in the country right now? If the college football playoff were to happen this coming weekend, who do you think have to be the top four teams competing in that college football playoff? So, James, right now, um, I my, my prediction, um, I'm not going to speculate on next week because I think these rankings are what it would be next week. But if... I'm predicting the college football playoff right now. I would have Georgia at one. I would have, I would actually have Bama at two. I would have Oklahoma at three. And then at four, I would probably say I'm going to have Ohio State at four. I think that Ohio State will win out. Um, I think that if they win out, they're not, Cincinnati is not going to overtake them. I think Oklahoma is going to be able to make a run here, especially if they go undefeated. And I think Oregon's going to slip up. At, at some point and I think if you're looking at if Ohio State beats seven Michigan State and six Michigan it's going to be very hard for Oregon to hold its spot above Ohio State even with that head-to-head ranking so I think that in that case it's going to be Georgia, Bama, Oklahoma, Ohio State and then Cincy and Oregon on the outside looking in um, that's my prediction right now but you know, college football, really anything can happen. We've seen it so many years. There can be a shocking upset, even with Georgia, who's looking like head and shoulders, the best team in the country. But those are my top four right now. Yeah, I agree with you, Perry. The only team that I could possibly switch out is Cincy over Ohio State. But if Ohio State wins against Michigan and Michigan State, watch out. That team is going to cause some serious problems in the college football playoff because they should get in if they get those wins. Another question I have for you, Perry, I mean, is right now, Georgia versus Bama game right now. Who wins? Yeah, James, for me, it's Georgia. Um, I really like Alabama. I really like how Bryce Young is playing. I think he's growing. I think next year, Alabama is going to be really, really good. Um, I, they're, obviously, they're really, really good this year. But I think they're going to be even better next year. I have Georgia. If they were to play right now, I think it would be very close. Um, but I do have Georgia winning. I think that Georgia's defense is so good right now. I mean, it's playing at a completely different level than any other defense in the country is playing. I think they'll be able to hold Alabama to somewhere around 24, 21 points. And I think that Georgia's offense will be able to put just a little more up against Alabama's defense. So if they were to play right now, I'd probably predict a 
27-24 game um, in favor of Georgia, but it would be a very, very fun game to watch. I totally agree with you, Barry. It would be a great game to watch. And I think that what really separates these two teams is, surprisingly, the defense. Alabama is going into the year. They were supposed to have the best defense in the country, and now I'm taking another defense over that defense, which is something I never thought I'd be saying heading into this college football season. But I am. I'm thinking that this Georgia football team has the best defense in the country by a mile and a half, not even close. And then with Stetson Bennett, who wasn't supposed to be the quarterback at the start of the year, it was supposed to be JT Daniels, but when he went down with an injury, Bennett came in and it looked great, so he's holding on to that starting role. And then running back Kendall Milton, you have wide receiver George Pickens. These guys, they are playing really solid for this Georgia Bulldogs team. They are definitely the best team in the SEC, definitely the best team in the country. They have some great wins, too, in the SEC, competing in the best conference. They've gone undefeated 7-0 and against SEC teams, which are the best teams in the country. So, in a matchup, I think it's going to be Georgia versus Alabama. I don't think that the Alabama offense is as good as other people are saying. They're, they're running back Robinson. He, he's been great all season long, but last week, he was held to only, it was like, it was like, it may have been single-digit yards, Perry, and that's just something that you have to take into consideration. I think that Bryce Young is a great quarterback, but I don't think that he'd be able to figure out the Georgia defense long enough throughout the game. I think it would take him too long to be able to get enough points on the board to win it, and I would have Georgia winning that game too. Yeah, James, it would definitely be a fun game to watch, and I I know that you and I would both not be surprised if that ends up being the national title game this season. But now, moving on you quick pick, um, we haven't done it week 7, 8, or 9. We also missed week 3, I believe. So we haven't done it in a while. James is being made by one point, guys. So it's 45-44. It's getting, it's getting pretty close here as we head into week 10. Um, ho- hopefully coming down the home stretch. So the first game, Buffalo the, against the Jets. I have Buffalo winning this one. Um, they're not going to lose to Jacksonville and the Jets two weeks in a row. Barry, they better not lose to the Jets at the end of the day. I mean, come on. After losing to Jacksonville 9-6? to Are you kidding me? So I'd be super mad if I am in, if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, but they, they just can't beat, they just can't lose to the Jets. If they do, then you're definitely going to be have to, yeah, definitely have to be questioning what is going on with the Bills this season. This is the perfect comeback game for the Bills. I have them taking this one. Then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Washington football team game. I have Tampa winning this one. Tom Brady's been looking good all season long. I have the Bucs winning this one in blowout fashion. Yeah, guys, uh, I hate to break it to you, but Brady's not going to lose coming off a bye, especially to the Washington football team who are going to be looking for revenge after the Bucs um, beat them in the wildcard round last year. I have the Bucs also winning this one in a blowout. And then moving to Atlanta-Dallas. Uh, this is actually going to be, I think, a better game than a lot of people are expecting. I really like how Atlanta is playing right now. Kyle Pitts is a superstar, but I do have Dallas winning this one. Um, I think they're not they're not going to lose two straight games at home, and I think that Dak Prescott's second game back will look a lot better than his first. Yeah, Dak is definitely going to have a bounce-back game in this one. Zeke is going to play well. And then they're looking to have Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb fully healthy. At the wide receiver positions, I have the Cowboys winning this one. Then we have Tennessee versus the New Orleans Saints. Tennessee, it stinks having Derrick Henry go down with that injury, missing 6-10 to 10 weeks. He's missed one week already, so hopefully he'll be back by playoff time for the Titans. But in the meantime, I think that Tennessee is going to continue their winning streak. I have the Titans winning this one against the Saints. Yeah, James, I have the Titans as well. Um, they've played a great four weeks of football. They looked really good 
um, against the Rams without Derrick Henry. Their defense is playing at a very, very solid level. I'm expecting it to be Trevor Simeon, but even if it's Taysom Hill on Sunday, I don't think it's going to matter. I have Tennessee winning. And then moving on to Jacksonville, Indy. I have I think Indy's a better team than their 4-5 and five record suggests. I think that Carson Wentz has really shown that he's grown a little bit. He's still throwing a couple boneheaded interceptions, but he's definitely improved from last year. I think Michael Pimmons, a really good player. Jonathan Taylor might be the best runner in the league without Derrick Henry um, available due to the injury. I have Indy winning this one in a blowout. Barry, I couldn't agree with you more. I have the Colts destroying the Jacksonville Jaguars after their surprise victory over the Bills last week. Heading on over to the Detroit Lions versus Pittsburgh Steelers game. Pittsburgh's shocked us. They had a lousy start to the year, but their defense is playing really well. Ben Roethlisberger has been getting the ball out to his wide receivers, such as Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. He's been throwing the ball pretty solid. I have the Steelers winning this one. Yeah, James, I have the Steelers as well. Detroit has a very um, a decent chance. I wouldn't say very good, but they have a decent chance at going 0-17, which I think would be pretty funny. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I think it would be pretty funny to, for them to go 0-16, for them to become the first team to go 0-16, and then, oh, they get an extra game, they get an extra chance to win, and then they become the first team to go 0-17. I think that's a cursed franchise, and that would be absolutely hysterical. And then moving on to Cleveland, uh, New England, this is going to be a good game. Um, New England's been in almost all of their games this year. You know, the only game they really got blown out against was against the Saints. Mac Jones has had a couple um, rough games, um, to say the least. He didn't play great against the Chargers, didn't look great against the Panthers, has taken two of maybe the biggest hits I've ever seen. Um, uh, he took one massive hit against the Chargers and then another big hit on his strip sack against the Panthers. But look, I think that Nick Chubb is going to be back from the COVID list. I, this is going to be a, within a field goal. It's going to take until the fourth quarter to decide this one. I have Cleveland winning this game. Yeah, quickly going back to what you were talking about with the Detroit Lions pair. I mean, could you imagine being in Jared Goff's situation just to quickly get off track from the quick picks? I mean, you're playing for the Los Angeles Rams, which is a big-time franchise. Playing in Los Angeles, one of the capital city sports, uh, sports cities in the world. And then you get traded to the Detroit Lions and haven't won a game since. Meanwhile, you look over at your former team and see Matthew Stafford dominating for what is arguably the best team in the NFL. I mean, come on, that has got to stink for Jared Goff. But, I mean, that's just kind of a funny story to see. And just watching Detroit just not be able to get a win, I mean, it is just torturous. I can't imagine being a Lions fan right now, but I don't think they're going to end up winning against Pitt, as I said. But get back on track with that Cleveland-New England game. I actually have the Patriots winning this one. Kareem Hunt is out. I don't think that Nick Chubb is going to be getting back from the COVID list. I think he's out for that game. Obviously, OBJ is not playing in this one because he is dropped off off the Cleveland Browns. He's a free agency. Any team can pick him up at the moment. He has narrowed his list down to the Kansas City Chiefs, New Orleans Saints, and Green Bay Packers. So we'll have to monitor where he goes in the coming days. I think he's going to go to a team pretty soon, likely at the end of this week, early next week. I think that the Patriots are going to play very well in this game. I have Mac Jones continuing to play pretty solid. He hasn't looked phenomenal in any games just yet, but I think he's going to continue playing like the best rookie quarterback in the league and lead the Patriots to a surprising 6-4 and four record and continue competing in the AFC East. Yeah, James, um, it will definitely be interesting to see what happens Sunday, especially as a Patriots fan. And then moving on to Minnesota versus the Chargers. I have the Chargers in this one. I think they will get... Uh, their two-game winning streak rolling after losing to the Patriots in Week 8. They beat the Eagles in a close one. I have them beating Minneapolis, Minnesota, not Minneapolis, excuse me, in another close one here. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Perry. I think that Justin Herbert's going to tear apart the Vikings' defense. I don't think that Dalvin Cook and that rushing force is going to be enough, and I have the Chargers winning this one. Heading on over to a game, which I think is actually going to be a pretty solid game. The Arizona Cardinals versus the Carolina Panthers. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey coming back from an injury. He was limited against the Patriots, and I, I think that even if he plays at full force, I don't think that he's going to be able to be enough to defeat the Arizona Cardinals and their great defense with Chandler Jones coming after you at that from the defense. I mean, watch out. I have Arizona Cardinals winning this one. Yeah, James, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler Murray gets held out of this game just for precautionary reasons. Um, I have Arizona winning this one. I think it's going to be, you know, 14-point um, margin of victory. Um, Sam Darnold is out for the Panthers for, it looks like, um, a pretty solid amount of time, which actually might be a good thing for this Panthers team because, holy, he is awful. Um, but even if it's Colt McCoy, the Arizona proved that they can beat the Niners. I think the Niners are better than Carolina. I have the Cardinals winning this one. And then moving to Denver-Philly, this just screams a letdown game to me for the Denver Broncos after being the Cowboys. Um, Philly really competed hard on the road last week against the Chargers. I have them competing hard again, but I think it will be just enough to beat the Broncos on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be a letdown game for the Broncos. I actually think that they're a little bit better than we're looking at. They did start the season 3-0. and as an undefe- one of the few undefeated teams remaining, but they did play lousy teams. They have been mediocre or even bad, as some could say, since. I think they're going to come out after their surprising destroying of over the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're going to be able to beat the Eagles in this one. I have the Broncos winning. And then for the Seattle Seahawks versus Green Bay Packers game, I actually have Seattle winning this one, Perry. I think that Green Bay is going to... They're just going to really not play well due to Aaron Rodgers being out. I don't think that Jordan Love is going to be enough to knock off the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks surprising the Packers and coming out with a victory in this one. Yeah, if Aaron Rodgers continues to test negative, he is eligible to return on Saturday. Russell Wilson is going to be turning returning from an injury. So it's going to be very interesting um, to see what happens, especially Green Bay's got a lot of distractions going on around them with the Aaron Rodgers situation, but I think that they are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks just because the Seahawks defense is so bad. And then moving to the Sunday night game, Chiefs versus the Raiders. The Raiders, I mean, can't get out of their own way. It seems like every single week they have another scandal surrounding their team. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know what's going on in Las Vegas right now. But I think the Chiefs, they didn't look great um, on Sunday, but I think they will look just a little bit better to be able to beat this this Las Vegas Raiders team in prime time. Yeah, I'm with you, Perry. KC, they, have just, they haven't looked good at all. They've been surprisingly horrendous on the offensive end with Patty Mahomes, that quarterback, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They have not looked good. But I think that they're going to be able to knock off um, the Raiders in this one. I have Kansas City winning. And then heading on to the last game, the Monday night game, I have the Los Angeles Rams knocking off the San Francisco 49ers. Honestly, I think that the Rams are one of, if not the best team in the NFL right now. That's my statement right here for the episode. I think that the Rams might be the best team in the NFL. Matthew Stafford has been the perfect answer for the Rams. Their defense is incredible. They just added Von Miller from the Denver Broncos. So watch out. Having that trio of Von Miller, Aaron Donald up front, and you have Jalen... Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm sorry, the cornerback out wide. But um, that that Rams team is a really solid team. So watch out for them, and as well as Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. It was Jalen Ramsey, sorry. But um, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. That team is really good. I have the Rams winning it. 
yeah, San Francisco didn't look great um, against the Cardinals. I think um, calls for Trey Lance are going to start happening here. Um, Cooper Cup already reached 1,000 receiving yards. Pretty impressive. As you said, Von Miller, this should be his first game back. I don't see how the Rams are going to lose two games, two weeks in a row. I have the Rams winning this one. But, guys, that will do it for us for this episode from Ballparks to Buzzer Beers. Guys, as always, go to our website from Ballparks to BuzzerBeers.com. Our Instagram is there, our Twitter is there, our email is there. If you want to get in touch anyways, positive, negative feedback, if you want to come on the show, any segment ideas, please, guys, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. But, guys, that is all we have for today. Um, I'm Perry Mortino signing out alongside my co-host, James Farley, with the From Ballparks to Buzzer Beer Sportscast, guys. Thank you for listening, and have a good one.